If we haven't got a chance to meet yet, my name is Caleb, um, and I serve as the worship director here. And this morning, get to play a little different role uh, because uh, Pastor Devin actually is sick today, and so um, I will be bringing the word for us this morning. And uh, just just so you know, it uh, has come on a short notice. So um, we are getting an opportunity to trust the Spirit and walk in His power and not mine. So would appreciate prayers in that. Um, but also a couple things because of that, um, the scripture passage that is in the weekly is going to be different. And so um, I will read over us, but I will also try to um, share what the scripture passage is so you guys can turn there. Um, and then a couple other things. Um, this is a really close front row. Um, so uh, if there's more people that are coming, um, maybe we can scoot into the center of the aisle so there's seats for them so that... They don't have to sit um, within, like, spitting distance from me. Um, so, yeah, if you have some open seats, would highly encourage you guys right now to maybe come towards the middle just to make some extra space um, for people as they're coming in. Um, and then secondly, restrooms are to my right and your left down the hallway there. Um, and then, yeah, I'd love to pray for us and specifically pray for um, Pastor Devin that the Lord would bring healing to him now. Um, so if you would pray with me. Jesus, we thank you so much for um, this space that we get to meet, Lord, um, not just the physical space, but the reality that um, your spirit indwells every single one of your followers and your believers. And so you say, where two or three or more gathered, you are there. And so, Jesus, we are confident that you are here with us through Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I pray that this morning that you would um, guide my words, my mind, Lord, the things they say would be pleasing and honoring to you, that they would point us towards you and your kingdom and what it means to follow you and to know you. If there's anything that I say this morning that is not of you, um, would you either keep me from saying it or would you let it go in one ear and out the other ear? Um, and Lord, we also just thank you for this physical space. Um, Upside Down, Jews for Jesus has been so kind and gracious to let us meet here, Lord. It's beautiful in every aspect of the way. And so, um, God, we thank you for that provision. It's a reminder of your goodness um, for your people. And Lord, we just pray in light of that goodness that you would um, bring healing to um, Pastor Devin's body. Lord, I know Adelaide has been sick too, so would you also bring healing to her in the mighty name of Jesus. We um, pray this. And Lord, pray that you would protect the rest of the family from um, any sort of sickness. And, Lord, that they would recover quickly. Um, and, Lord, that we would get to be in fellowship with them once again um, this week. Um, Lord, we ask all of this in your name. And we ask it with hope and confidence confidence for what you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this morning, um, what I would like to walk us through is um, something that I think God has been really shaping and teaching my heart. Um, and so what I'd like to title this morning is uh, Seek First the Kingdom. Um, I think a lot of us, thank you, Paul, um, have this understanding idea that we are or want to seek first the kingdom, but what does that actually look like? Um, one, for my wife, Jen, and I, um, each year that we've been married in our long marriage relationship of two years, um, we have uh, taken some time to pray and sit before the Lord and ask him, what are some values that we want to have for our family? And trust and pray that these um, values that we come up with will guide and lead us in where we want to be um, as a people, as a family, and as followers of Jesus 
Um, and so one of them actually is to seek first the kingdom of God. Um, and our hope is that as we actually do that, it'll shape the rest of the things around us and what we do, what we give our energy and our time and our effort to. And so uh, this morning, we are actually going to dive in a little bit more with that. Um, I want to start out just by reading Mark 5, 14 to 15. Um, and this is Jesus speaking. So um, this won't be our main text, but this is just kind of set the tone for um, the kingdom of God. Now, after John, which is John the baptizer, was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This then begs the question, if Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is here, um, then what does it look like to live into the kingdom of God? Um, And the most famous of Jesus' teachings and sermons is actually the Sermon on the Mount. I believe that this is a great place where Jesus explains and teaches us what it actually means to live into and to walk out um, the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be in Matthew um, chapter 5 and 6 today. Um, And I'll have a few other references that I will mention, but that'll be our primary space if you want to turn there. Um, And if you want, on your phones as well, or maybe help a neighbor find it if they need it. We're a family here. None of us are above not knowing where certain things are in the scriptures, okay? Um, So the Sermon on the Mount, as I shared, is one of the most familiar and popular um, of Jesus' teachings and his sermons in particular. And it's actually bookended um, with Matthew 4.23. Jesus says, or it says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And then you fast forward a couple chapters, and we get to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And and Matthew says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Do you guys see some similarities in those? Yeah, it's almost word for word. Um, And so what that is, this is bookends um, for us. And I think the important part is that we would understand that the Sermon on the Mount and the few teachings that follow shortly, excuse me, um, that are about Jesus' healings and miracles, they all go together. So we can't just pluck and choose certain aspects of what we want, but instead we must see it together as a whole. We can't have Jesus' teachings without the power of the kingdom and the power of Jesus. We can't have the power um, of Jesus and his kingdom without his teachings on how we're to live, right? And so we must hold both of those things in tension together. Um, And so we're going to walk through what Jesus intends um, for us to understand and what it means and concerning the way of the kingdom. um, And then following that is Jesus' stories of him healing and proclaiming miracles and the power of the kingdom. So I want to start out this morning. How many of you guys have ever won an award? Would you raise your hand? That should be everybody in here, because America is the place of, if you participate and show up, you get an award. So, um, but I mean, like, actually won a real award, so not just like a participation award, because I ran cross-country, and I definitely have a couple of those where they're like, thanks for uh, actually, like, finishing the race and starting it. Um, So, how many people have real awards or trophies? It could be at school, it could be at work, um, it could be sports, anything else, mathletes, could be any of that kind of stuff. All right, all right. Yes, Abacus uh, champion. Um, I'm not going to mention names. 
not going to mention names. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a couple as well. Not as many as some other people that I would like to have more, if I'm honest. But uh, I do remember times, um, particular around my time in college and shortly after, when I would go to visit friends' houses. And I would walk into the room, and it was like stepping into, um, have you guys seen uh, Aladdin? when he slides down the little thing to the Cave of Wonders, and it's just gold and jewels and statues everywhere. That was what it was like. You'd walk into somebody's room, and you'd just see trophy, 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 medals, medals, ribbons, and you're like, man, this person must be incredible at whatever they did, right? It was just like all of these different things. Um, and so I share that funny story uh, because the, when I'm reading through this section um, of Matthew, it's weird and it's kind of like scary and wrestles with me a little bit that the kingdom of God is actually like that. That the kingdom of God is, uh, there's rewards in the kingdom of God. Um, and there's a lot of ways, I think this might be, I'm going to open it. it. All good, all good. Troy, would you be able to unlock that? It keeps locking. Thank you, sir. Um, and so, yeah, so when I say that, I'm assuming that some of you guys are probably similar to me, that that just feels like it grates against what we've been taught, or it's like we've been saved by faith and grace alone, and it's nothing else, right? Which is very true. Um, that is all 100% true. But when I read through this, I think there's seven or eight times that um, Jesus actually says in these chapters, um, you will be rewarded by walking in the way of the kingdom. And I think that begs, begs us to wrestle with that, right? We can't just like push aside and say, oh, that's for that, or oh, that's not true because it it's can't be works-based, but actually sit with the tension of that, um, that there are consequences to the way that we live our lives, right? Um, so what we're going to do to start is we're going to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. This is the Beatitudes. Normally, we stand when we read the Word of God, so uh, there's going to be a few times I'll read it, so you might be standing and sitting a lot, so if you are willing and able, would you stand with us and, as I read this? We're going to exercise a little this morning. All right. Seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Pray with me. Jesus, we thank you that your word is faithful and true in every season, and it has something to say to us. And so, Holy Spirit, um, we ask and we pray that as um, we dive into this, that you would open our eyes to see the beauty of your word, the beauty of your promises, 
the life that you actually have for us and that you would mold and shape us to be the kind of people um, that you desire to live into your kingdom. God, that we would desire that more than the things of this world that pull and um, graded us and they want us to mold and form to their patterns. Um, But God, we are yours. We are your children. And so we submit ourselves to you and we invite you to move Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so we might be thinking right now after reading the Beatitudes, um, that's great, that's awesome, but that's a little idealistic, right? That that could actually be the world that we live in. When we look and we see all the things that are happening around us, um, we still have bills to pay. Some of us are longing for a spouse. Some of us are praying for a wayward uh, family member, brother, sister, son, daughter, Maybe at work we feel overlooked or we've been um, passed up for opportunities that we feel like we worked hard for or deserve. Um, Maybe some of us are just honestly anxious about um, a lot of things. I mean, this is sadly the American way. We are some of the most, if not the most anxious people in the history of the world. Um, So what do we do about all this, Jesus? That is the question that we have to ask this morning. Like, if this is the way that you say your kingdom is and blessed or happy are the people that follow this, then why do we experience this? And again, I think Jesus has a very clear answer for us, and we're going to read from Matthew 6 again. So if you want to exercise a little more and stand, we will um, we'll read again, starting in verse 25. Jesus says this, Therefore, um, and therefore is there for a reason. I've heard many pastors say that. Um, and so, again, like we said at the beginning, we have to take things in light of what has come before and the totality of it. And so, um, Jesus goes through the Beatitudes that we just read. He talks about that you are the salt and light of the earth, that by people seeing your good works, that you'll glor- they'll glorify the Father in heaven. We see that Christ didn't come to nullify the law, but he came to fulfill the law. And by keeping the law, that you will receive a reward. Um, he talks about anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, love for your enemies, on and on and on, fasting, and all of these things, again, he couples, I think it's at least seven times, if you take some other things that mean a very similar, but aren't those exact words, it's probably closer to ten times, about reward. And so this is what Jesus says about being anxious in the reward that we have. 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You may be seated. All right, so Jesus is saying something profound here, that when we live into uh, the way of the kingdom, when we trust him for our provisions in these things, that we need not be anxious. Again, that seems so beautiful, but kind of ideal, right, if we're honest. Um, And just in all honesty, I don't always live this way, either real talk. Um, I... Where I've been in this section for a long time, reading it for the last couple of weeks, um, because of this very um, fear and insecurity that I want to share with you guys, as we are family, and I want you guys to know um, how I'm processing through this, and my hope is that it will encourage you guys as well in that. Um, yeah. So um, my fear and insecurity is that um, my wife will have to carry a significant burden as our family's primary source of income. Um, and also hopefully one day be able to have kids and that sort. And that's a really hard and challenging thing to do. Um, And so I worry that I won't make enough money, and I will add more and more pressures and burdens to her for that. And so how that actually has played out in my life recently, and um, I want you guys to hear me as I say this, that there's nothing that's in of itself wrong with these these ideas or these things, but it's um, in what they have become. Um, And so for me, I have a love and obsession with ADUs, tiny houses, and garage conversions. Um, If you look through my YouTube, um, it's music, sports, and ADU, tiny house conversions, all these things. Um, I have followed way too many social media accounts with those kind of things, and I've done research, I've even talked to the contractor, all these different things. And again, pursuing those things or having passive income in that sort of way is not bad thing in of itself, but what it has become for me, it's been a source of, if I can just get this, this will be my security. This will be the thing that alleviates the extra pains and burdens of life. For you, it may be something different. Again, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a family and kids. It can be a lot of different things, right? Like, but each of us has those things, and I actually really want to encourage you right now to maybe just think about what is that thing or those few things that you said if I had these things, I would feel so much more secure. I'd feel more comfort. I'd feel more hope in this life. Just take a moment even just to think about that. Again, most of these things that we're longing for in of themselves are not bad things, but they can actually be gifts from the Lord to enjoy and to receive provision. But when they become our security, our hope, and consume our thoughts and efforts, um, what they're doing is they're trying to take the place of Jesus, take the place of his promises in our life, and they're actually, um, in a mysterious way, hindering our communion with the Lord. When we have sin or other barriers between us and other people, Um, you don't actually have the fullness of that person and understanding of who they are, right? 
until you actually address that, whether it's through repentance and asking forgiveness or apologizing. Um, and it's upon doing that that actually right relationship is restored. And in a similar way with us, we always have um, union with Christ, but communion can be hindered um, by sin or things that are in our lives. And so, um, yeah, the, going back to the Beatitudes, these are actually some of the ways that we can walk that out um, to experience um, those walls being broken down and communion being restored with God. Um, but with that, it's no wonder that a lot of us feel distant from God and long to feel his presence. I know I have those times. I'm sure that you guys do too. Um, I think it's because we're not seeking his kingdom and we're filled with fear and anxiety and we're not trusting and believing that God will meet us in these needs even before we ask. The answer to these fears and insecurities and anxieties we carry is here in Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 32 and 33. For the Gentiles, those who are not of the family of God, seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says to seek first the kingdom. So the question is, why live this way, the way of the kingdom? So three quick things I have for us, and then we'll wrap up here shortly. Number one, is it brings glory and worship to God. That was the purpose and why you were created on this earth, that you would bring honor and glory and worship to God. You would be in relationship with him. In Matthew 5, 16, so this is earlier in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, when he's talking about that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the earth, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Number two, Jesus knows what we need before we even ask it. He says in Matthew 6, 32, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need them all. How wild is that? The thing that you, sometimes that you don't even know you need. God knows you need that before you even ask it. That is a beautiful promise that um, I believe as we hold on to that, and we're actually honest with ourselves and honest with the Lord, um, that I think he meets us in that. Um, and then the third part is going back to um, you will be rewarded. Again, um, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, at least seven times, if not more, um, Jesus speaks to the reward that you will have, um, whether it's in um, praying in secret so that your Father who is in secret will reward you. Um, it is... It's filled in here, and it's something that's challenging, but it's beautiful. Um, and this is what he says are those rewards. I think it's a twofold thing. I think one, it is, um, I'm not going to get out of myself. Okay. Um, what is that reward? So the reward is this, that this is the way of the kingdom, and this is what the kingdom brings. He says it brings comfort. It brings earth ownership. It brings satisfied righteousness. It brings mercy. It brings a vision of God. It brings the ultimate reality and title that we have as daughter or son of God. And it brings a less anxious life with God. The beautiful thing is that you don't have to pick and choose among these. That if you are in Christ Jesus this morning, that they all belong to the kingdom and therefore they all belong to you. And that is a hope and a promise that we have to hold on to. 
And this is what we get to hold on to in times of abundance, times of suffering, and times of trial. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you've, what, regardless of what season you're in, there's times where you're in abundance and you forget about God, other than thank you, God, for these blessings. Thank you, God, for these blessings. Rather than you're walking with him in that. And then there's times where you're in trial or suffering and you're just crying out to God and you're just longing for more of him and experiencing him. But we need God in both. We don't just need God in the valleys, but we need him in the mountaintops. Again, we were created to honor and glorify him, but we were created to be in relationship with him. Um, and so my hope for us this morning for Christians, if this morning you say, I have given my life to Jesus and I'm a follower of him, um, is that you would walk in these promises, that you would believe Jesus is who he says he is, that his word is what he says he is, and that by following these things, by um, repenting, by not harboring anger, um, confessing lust, um, being pure in heart, being a peacemaker, that these things, you will experience the kingdom of God, you'll experience the peace of God and the rest of God. Um, it, isn't, it is a promise you have, but it's also an invitation for you to take hold of and to hold on to. And then secondly, um, if you're not a follower of Jesus, um, this is an invitation to you this morning that this can be your life. It's hard to imagine when you're in the throes of um, a really hard season, but this can actually be your life. Like, I've had seasons in my life, um, just a quick story where um, X amount of years ago, um, I don't want to reveal any information that wouldn't be helpful. Um, I uh, had a season where um, life was really good. Um, I was saving money for the first time in my life. I had paid off my student debt. Um, I had no bills. Um, I was in, working at a church that I really loved and enjoyed, and I was dating a girl that I really liked. Um, and then in a matter of a month, all of that went away. The girl cheated on me and broke up with me. Um, I lost my job. Um, I uh, got in a car accident that somebody hit me and totaled my car. Um, and then I... I uh, had decided previous to all this I was going to start seminary and I wanted to pay cash for it so I didn't go into more loan. So all the money that I saved was no longer in my bank account. Um, and that was one of the hardest seasons of my life. But in all honesty, that was some of the sweetest times of my life. And there was a peace and a comfort and a rest and a hope that I can't describe where my circumstances would dictate that it should look different than that. It was like all the things that you're like, oh, okay, you need this to be going up to be, feel better and more excited, but they were going down. Like it was the opposite like, of that. And yet this intimacy with the Lord um, was probably the most I've experienced that in my entire life was during that season. Um, and I think, honestly, specifically, it's because of this. It's because of the reward of seeking first the kingdom. Um, and I don't say that to toot my own horn. There's a lot of areas of sin and things that the Lord has worked through in that and has healed and different things. But I think there's just a reality when we actually walk in honest vulnerability with the Lord, but also with others, and we actually pursue Him, and we pursue this kind of life that seems upside down from the world in the way that you can actually get out of the hard things, right? Like it's if you can get your circumstances, your money, your relationships, all these things right, then you'll be able to be good. But it's like Jesus is saying, no, like, you can get it right even while those things are not right. Um, and if you can understand that and experience that, then when they are right, you can rightfully hold those in the place that they're supposed to be rather than 
um, holding on to them in a way that is not right and actually helpful and good for your life. Um, and so, again, that is my invitation if you are not in Jesus this morning, that this is the kind of life that you can actually have in walking with God. Um, and then if you are a Christian, um, that this is the kind of life that you can be called to rather than the one um, that is longing for more of a nearness to God and feeling his presence, which a lot of us experience that, right? And I think that we can actually experience that right here and right now. Um, so in closing, I would like to leave us with one of my favorite scripture verses that has been um, an incredible joy and a promise that I've held on to. And I would highly encourage you to memorize this and commit it to someplace that you can see it every single day um, as a reminder to where real joy is found. In Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist says this, You make, speaking of God, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to read that again. You, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Again, coming full circle. In this life, there are consequences, good and bad, to everything that we choose to do or don't do. Um, and I am confident that as you choose Jesus, you choose obedience and faithfulness to him, and living into um, the, what he says the kingdom of God is like and the Beatitudes and following that, um, that this can be yours, that you can know the path of life, that there can be the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, not because of your circumstances, but because of your life with God. Um, and so this is going to transition us to a time of prayer. We've been trying to, over the last few months, um, I guess two months now that we are in a new year, um, does anybody know what our priority is for this year? Okay, I heard a little <laughs> Can somebody say it loud and proud? Learning to pray. Okay, okay, yes. We want to be um, a church of prayer, not just people who pray. Um, we want to be embodying this to be our life. And so um, we are actually practicing that here together on Sunday mornings uh, in hopes that it will continue to help us grow to be able to do this in our own individual walks with the Lord. Um, and so how we're going to pray. Um, last Wednesday was the beginning of the Lent. Lenten? Lent? Lentil? Uh, whatever the proper word is, I know that there's somebody who knows English way better than I do. Uh, the, the season of Lent is the right word. Um, and uh, actually, this year I'm participating for the first time in a long time. Um, I actually went to an Ash Wednesday service, and it was extremely beautiful. Um, and I think really powerful in the ways that it actually um, walking in this can form us in the way of Jesus to have our lives patterned in such a way that we would seek first the kingdom. Um, and so how we're going to pray um, during this time is we're going to um, acknowledge that we live in a world of brokenness and a world of sin that's in us and it's also in the world. Um, and then we're going to run to our good father. We're going to seek the good reward that we have in God's person, his presence, and his power.